Wasabi wallet. Unfairly private. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Why Are We Bullish? Best part of my Friday. Very excited to have you all. There's already 130 some people in here. Smash that like button. Give this a share. We've got a killer, killer panel uh, today. We've we've got some some great friends. Uh, I will introduce them as they come in, but uh, we're going to get this thing rolling. As always, of course, uh, this is live. Anything can happen. So I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, we're going to get rolling. We, I think you guys already know who's going to be on. But uh, again, give this a share. Let's get a ton of people going here. Happy Friday. As always, I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. All right, before we bring in our friends here, let's take a quick look at where we are in the market. We are sitting at $31,679 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 3,158 sats. Stack them while you can. 89.25% of all Bitcoin have been mined. And in terms of fees, next block is going to cost you around 55 sats per byte. Uh, if you're willing to wait an hour, Two sats per byte might do you. Not bad. And uh, one other notable thing we've seen, and this is going to be a little bit of one of my topics that I want to talk about today, but uh, we've seen uh, a lot of migration of miners and everything, and we're going to see an estimated difficulty drop of almost 21%, it looks like, over on bitbo.io here. Uh, and that's looking to lock in around June 30th. So you could see some uh, faster blocks around that time, some cheap transactions, uh, if you're looking to open Lightning channels or move around some funds. So be sure to check that out. Now, of course, before we bring in every everyone, uh, shout out to sponsors of the show, Lend.io. You can use this for a variety of different services. In particular, if you're in a pinch and you need dollars and you don't want to sell your Bitcoin, because why the hell would you want to sell your Bitcoin? You can deposit, get a loan for dollars. And when you pay back those dollars, you get back the same number of sats, which is the important number to me. Of course, they have Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts and a B2X offering. If you're feeling mega bullish, check them out. Links are down below. Um, Keystone, these guys are back, formerly Kobo Vault. There's a big, crazy thing that went on uh, to cause the rename, but still the same awesome air gapping piece of machinery that is great for multi-sig. Be sure to check them out. And I also have uh, an interview with Lishan from Keystone, formerly Kobo, about exactly what went down and caused this change in name. If you're in, big, in Canada, stacking sats and uh, security and ease of use is top of mind. Bitbuy, excellent choice. These guys do yearly uh, proof of reserve audits and they were the first and only so far in Canada to offer one-to-one -one Bitcoin insurance through Knox Custody. Check them out. They do have an app on the App Store. Uh, I do live on Bitcoin. Check out BitRefill. These guys, any gift card you can imagine uh, for Bitcoin on-chain or Lightning Network, and you earn sats back as you shop. And finally, don't back up your wallets on paper, guys. Get them on solid steel on the bill fodder. This is how I back up all of my important Bitcoin wallets. You don't want it to burn up in a fire, water damage, or accidentally throw the damn thing out. 
Probably not going to do that with solid steel. Anyways, enough with that. Let's get the people in the room that you guys came to see. We have Mr. Dennis Porter. We have Max and Stacy, and we have Dread. Welcome everybody to the show. I'm going to go down the line really quick and let you guys introduce yourselves and then we'll get this thing rolling. So uh, I'll, ta I'll pass it over to Dennis first. Dude, can you just uh, introduce yourself, what you do, and uh, yeah, I, I send it to you. Yeah, Dennis Porter, just another lame podcaster over here. Uh, you know, when you get addicted to Bitcoin, you feel like there's uh, an, a, a strong urge to constantly talk about it. And one of the ways I thought I could maybe do that was start a podcast. So I started one called Smart People Shit. I'm also very active on Twitter. Love to share my uh, based narratives that I try to come up with. But that's pretty much it. it is all it is about me just trying to spread the good word of, uh, of Bitcoin to the people. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. And, uh, and you've been, you've been integral, uh, on, on clubhouse, uh, having <laughs> some, some great, uh, great conversations there and on spaces as of late too. Yeah, so. I, cut, I cut my teeth on clubhouse and on spaces, but, um, eventually had to start a podcast like all the good Bitcoiners out there. <laughs> soon, soon we'll all just be podcasters. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> dread, man. It's good to have you on for the first time. Can you please let people that are unfamiliar with you, uh, let them know who you are and what you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a pleb. I'm a Jamaican digital nomad. Um, I've been in tech for most of my career, but fell on the Bitcoin rabbit hole and haven't looked back since. You know, they say Bitcoiners are unemployable and I've kind of become that way. <laughs> so now I just kind of travel and, and find out where Bitcoin is all over the world internationally. And that's really my focus to, you know, see how financial inclusion can be accelerated around the world. And um, that's my passion now. And I educate people everywhere I can go to, to make that happen as well. Awesome, man. Well, it's a pleasure to have here. Very excited. Uh, let's go down the line. I'll, I'll uh, toss it to, uh, I don't know if you guys are going to do this separately or together, but Stacy and Max, take it away. Uh, if for anybody that has no idea who you guys are, if you're living under a rock, please let them know. Right. We're Orange Pill Podcast, where you find relentless optimism and Renaissance 2.0. We started covering Bitcoin back in 2011 when it was $1, especially this guy, like he figured it out and uh, he's been a lunatic for Bitcoin ever since. And we get more and more bullish. What else do you have to add, Max? I am Mr. Stacy Herbert <laughs> and I do a podcast with her called Orange Pill Podcast. Podcast? And, and everything is good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome awesome well everybody welcome to the show this is why are we bullish very very simple we live by the three r's uh somebody's gonna give a reason why they're bullish all together we riff on that reason and then we rotate to the next person very very easy format very chill and it's the favorite part of my week makes Fridays fun. Uh, so I'm going to get us rolling on a topic while I, why I'm feeling bullish this week. And, and this has to do, uh, funny enough, with the, the mining ban in China. And the reason that this is making me bullish is because it's destroying uh, some FUD narratives that have been big. Number one was the FUD narrative that China controls Bitcoin. Um, and that very quickly goes away when, when they ban it and Bitcoin keeps on ticking. And the other thing is the, I guess, kind of along the same lines, but uh, there was all this narrative around, well, too much of the hash is in, in China. And now we're seeing that hash basically opt out of that jurisdiction. They're doing jurisdictional arbitrage. And we're going to see that hash rate 
temporarily go offline and then just relocate to where they're treated best. And so we're seeing these two different approaches to handling Bitcoin. Um, one in China where it's like, hey, we'll just ban it for the umpteenth time uh, in a different fashion. And then we're seeing the opposite places like now uh, El Salvador, where they're adopting it as legal tender, but they're also looking at encouraging people to come there and start mining with geothermal. And so we're seeing hash rate migrate to places where, uh, again, they're treated best. And it's kind of that sovereign individual thesis of in a digital world, people will just go um, to the jurisdictions that make the most sense and, and nation states will start having to um, entice people to come to them as, as quote unquote customers instead of subjects. Uh, so I'm very excited to see this play out. I don't think the world realizes what's happening. They just see an action of a state. They don't see yet the fallout um, and the the opportunity cost of those actions. So I'm going to open it to the floor here. If anybody wants to chime in on that subject of jurisdictional arbitrage and and this kind of decentralization of of Bitcoin mining hash power, does anybody want to jump in? Does anybody have thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I'll jump in. So there's so much going on there. And one of the things that was remarkable was the president of El Salvador doing his BT sessions like demonstration of how to use a wallet. And uh, I had flashbacks to eight years ago in some Andreas Antonopoulos video. You know, it's come full circle. So now we've got presidents essentially going through and how to explain what's going on. And it's really, um, it's breathtaking, you know. So, you know, been in this for 10 years and it's always, so many things have happened that have been remarkable and, and dumbfounding, you know, and yet again, you know, Bitcoin has served up a moment that like takes your breath away and, and is dumbfounding, like, Jesus, what is going on? And um, so that was that was my big takeaway from that that particular news event. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and does anybody else have thoughts on on uh, what's going on with the, the mining ban and and uh, move of hash power? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's a pretty incredible event that's occurring, uh, going along with what Max is, is saying here. And it kind of reminds me of how eyeballs were attracted to the space back in 2013 with, the, with Silk Road. And inevitably, people are going to stick around and realize uh, that Bitcoiners have the best arguments. The same thing happened in 2017 with big blocks versus small blocks and the war between you know Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. That's what really galvanized me to begin searching for how to engage and how to be a part of the community and how to support Bitcoin in any way I can. And I see that same thing happening um, in, in 2021 with this energy FUD and with the great China exodus. So I think there's a lot of people that are going to start paying attention. And some of those people are going to be great members of the community moving forward, promoting Bitcoin. Yeah. How about you, Dred? Uh, what, do you have thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, to me, it, it feels from my side, like almost a gold rush of miners because these miners are all leaving China now. And it's almost like, you know, you want to talk about infrastructure week announcement, like they have to build infrastructure globally now to handle these miners. There's not enough infrastructure to produce, produce the power for them to be plugged in right now. Right. So they like it, the, the incentives are just there to grow and grow and grow and find 
new places for energy like El Salvador that has an entire volcano to, to get some energy out of. And um, being there in El Salvador was just amazing because I saw that it was a ground up movement. It wasn't like some head of state or some World Bank or some bullshit IMF came along and said, you should do this. It was people on the side of the road and, in, and on the beach, you know, selling pupusas for Bitcoin that made this happen. So I'm so bullish that the ground up swell made infrastructure on mining for volcanoes happen. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Stacy. do you see the... Uh the actions from China uh, pushing miners out of Bitcoin, expediting um, the the sovereignty of nations like El Salvador? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have two points to make on that, which is um, it's interesting that we're about to have the 50th anniversary of the U.S. dollar global fiat system. You know, when the U.S. took us off the gold standard in 1971, you know, going off a hard money standard required the most powerful, biggest nation to do it. And here going back onto a hard money standard, it makes sense now that I think about it now that I see it, that it would be one of the smallest fiat economies in the world that brings us back onto it. And that small, tiny economy is going to bring the likes of China and us. Eventually they might not do it today. They're going to resist, but it will eventually bring them. Now, in terms of the mining, this is what, you know, the Bitcoin community, all of us podcasters and stuff have kind of been forecasting this, uh, signaling that this is coming, right? Is all that stranded energy out there in the world. This has been a big topic over the last few months. And here we see a, a use case, a, a real world example of this, that all these nations in the world that haven't been as lucky as America in terms of the size and the resources we have. We do have humongous resources that can be transported easily to market. Well, places like El Salvador, Paraguay, with their um, hydroelectric, uh, you're, we're going to see uh, that stranded energy be converted to hard money. And that's going to be really fascinating to watch. Very exciting. Very exciting to see this. Um, I'll, I'll round this topic out. I'm very excited to see how this plays out on a global stage and see who clues in first. Stacey, I think you're right on point that that idea of a huge kind of powerful head of state basically dissolving a, a hard money standard so that they could more or less take advantage of the ability to print at will. Um, whereas the most disenfranchised clawing that back because they've been so hurt by that action 50 years ago. Uh, it it's, it's beautiful to see it play out because it's going to start with one, but that's just the first domino. So very exciting. <laughs> yeah. And also I was thinking, let's say you, you own a gold mine somewhere and, um, the government tells you to shut your gold mine down. You're maybe doing 10 tons of rocks a day you were processing. And so you get an airplane and you pick up 40% of your gold mine and you fly to another country. Now, is that possible? No. Well, here you have Chinese miners. The government says you got to shut down. And within a day, they move 40% of it out 50 it's gone it's leaving on a plane and once again you know bitcoin versus gold right you know gold has jurisdictional risk uh, that's always been a problem with bitcoin you don't have that jurisdictional risk you can always be 
be mobile. You can always go to whatever jurisdiction. The blocks kept coming. No, it wasn't mm -hmm. any interruption, no interruption at all. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to move my hydroelectric dam. I'm going to move it uh, uh, 3,000 miles away. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, I guess what? I'm going to move half of this, you know, 170 quintillion processing per second network, the center of gravity, 3,000 miles away tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. It's, an, it's entirely possible with Bitcoin um, because you don't, all, all you need is energy and there's a lot of energy on the planet and there's a lot of wasted energy. One third of all energy on the planet produced is waste, right? Um, it's a crazy statistic and, uh, you know, Bitcoin could 100x in hash power and still just be taking up a portion of the wasted energy. Yeah, so one, one other quick, you know, film reference. I don't, the Werner Herzog made a film, I believe it's called Fitzcarraldo. And part of the story of the film is they have to move a ship over a mountain. <laughs> and so a lot of the film is dragging a ship through the jungle. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's the way things were 100 years ago, 200 years ago. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, we have to fight the enemy. We have to actually drag our ship over a mountain. You know, like the whole world was bound by gravity. Everything was defined by gravity. You know, and then we started to fight gravity with air travel. And now we're fighting the gravity of gold with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So we're taking gravity away, taking gravity out of the picture. You would think Elon Musk would understand that because his whole business is fighting gravity with rockets. You would think we <laughs> get it. What's wrong with this guy? He stands mired in, in incapacities. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, he 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 needs some help. Maybe maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll hit up that B word presentation that's happening next month and and get a clue. But I'm not hopeful. We'll see. Uh, okay, awesome. So let's round up that topic. That was awesome. Thank you all for your input. We've got like 350 people in here watching live. Everybody, smash that like button. Give this a share. Keep those comments coming too, because I'll try and pull them up when I see ones relevant to what we're we're talking about. Um, but I'm going to pass it down the line now. I'm going to pass it to Dennis here, and I'm, dude. I'm just going to ask you, what has you feeling bullish this week? Well, the the one that you chose was definitely my number one topic, but I had, was good to come with multiple just in case somebody stole that one. Uh, but for me, something that really has me extremely bullish is the fact that. Myself, someone who's a total newbie in the space and who just got started five months ago trying to spread the word of Bitcoin, can be up here next to absolutely legendary people who are doing groundwork like Dread, but also Max and Stacy, who have just been spreading the word of Bitcoin since the very, very beginning, have been talking about it and have been expanding our knowledge on Bitcoin for a very long time. Just super pumped to be able to be on this show with you kind of people because what other industry can you go into and five months in you're sitting next to some of the best people in the space. So absolutely super bullish on the fact that Bitcoiners are very good at hiring from within. If you decide that you want to go out there and talk about Bitcoin and help people understand this new technology, this new, amazing, incredible savings, world-changing technology that you too can quickly be up here next to some of the other great people who have been talking about it for a very, very long time. I don't see any other industry doing that. I don't see any other space like that. There's so much turf protection, but here in the Bitcoin space, people are always willing to come on your podcast. I've had incredible people already come on my show, just first chance, just asking them. Um, you have invited me on this show. This is my second time up here now. And so it's incre just incredible to be a part of this community. I, I would totally echo that. Uh, Bitcoiners are very, very open to conversation. And, and one of the beautiful things 
I find uh, with them is that um, they're they're they celebrate ideas rather than specific people, right? Like if you've got fantastic ideas around Bitcoin, it doesn't matter if you've been around for, for a decade or if you've been around for a few months, people will celebrate your ideas. And, and conversely, if you have a bunch of shit takes, then don't let the door hit your ass on the way out, right? And so, you know, Bitcoiners are, they they want the conversation. They, they want to uh, hash out good ideas. Um, they recognize bad ideas and, uh, and will often uh, very astutely point them out. Um, but that's, that's part of being here. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I, I think it's absolutely true that um, Bitcoiners are very open to to newcomers and and having those important conversations i'm, I'm wondering if uh dread if you've had the same kind of experiences with bitcoiners in uh, in your affairs here definitely and um i would even take it uh for a step further to say you know that even across languages across cultures across races across geographic locations you know there is a bitcoin society that just automatically connects with each other you know like i've like once you have this, the value that a Bitcoiner has, you know, the monetary policy, of course, is is kind of what we all have a base layer on. And that builds a certain level of, of civic civil respect, I guess you can call it. Um, and I've seen that just consistent with every single Bitcoiner I've met. And to me, it's almost like that we call it Bitcoin society today. But tomorrow that should just be society. I mean. We're not walking around saying that, yeah, you know, if you think that murder is great, I'm just going to hang out with you because that's your value. And that's my, my value is that murder is bad. No, like it, murder, murder is bad. I'm not going to hang out with you. And I feel like <laughs> Bitcoiners feel that way about our monetary policies, about the 21 million fixed supply. You know, like certain things you just don't negotiate on. If somebody doesn't believe that, then I don't really have much to say to you. And that might be toxic. But to me, in the future, that's going to be normal. And, you know, I really feel like to Dennis's point that that's what makes our community so strong because I don't have to know who you are to know that we see eye to eye at a base level and I can trust you at that base level. But anything past that, I don't trust, I verify and Bitcoin makes sure I can do that easily. I totally agree. Uh, as you were talking also, uh, just uh, I'm, I'm off on a bit of a tangent here before we continue down this road. There is a hair competition going on. Uh, I see somebody <laughs> pulling for Stacy and uh somebody else pulling for me uh so <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to uh hash that out by the end yeah. of this uh we'll have to get some votes in the comments around that but uh dread excellent comments there um max stacy both of you you've been around for quite some time in the space just helping people understand bitcoin and um you've you've come across a lot of people right a lot of people have come some have gone um but you've been very very gracious in accepting newcomers that are, are going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole uh, under your wing and, and trying to teach them. You've been nice enough to come on here a couple of times and you've always been super nice to me in person. What have your experiences been um, with new Bitcoiners this time around, like this this kind of Bitcoin epoch um, with newcomers coming in? What's the experience has been like meeting new people? Um, are there some notable noobs out there that uh, that you've had good experiences with? Well, to follow up on what Dredd was saying there, um, what he's describing is a, a certain feeling of un, uncompromising. And so as Bitcoiners, we can be uncompromising. We can have very strong values 
And this leads into another point about the different mix of Bitcoiners coming from all different groups. One that was not mentioned is generational. So I'm very much a boomer um, and I'm probably, you know, Stacy's Gen X and, uh, but as a boomer, I'm, I'm, there's probably less than 10 boomers in Bitcoin. <laughs> and um, so, so I, I'm able to talk to millennials and Gen Z about Bitcoin and, you know, so that generational divide disappears as well. You know, I don't feel 61 years old when I'm talking to millennials about Bitcoin. It's like, you know, we're just talking about Bitcoin. So there, there's that to it. Um, the, um, the, it's interesting that people have come and gone. And, um, and, and so from, from my perspective, it's, um, it's, a, it's all about character and, you know, Bitcoin is, is a mirror and it, it shows you who you really are. And a lot of people can't accept it. And so they try, they, they fight it and they, we don't see them or they, some of them end in tragic endings. Some of them just disappear. Some of them try to create hard forks and declare <laughs> themselves king of rat Island or whatever. Um, but as far as the, um, newbies that come along you know especially we saw it i guess I'll, I'll just say this you know we saw it in 2017 during the um segwit adoption so mm -hmm. at that time was really the rise of uh at that time world crypto network which mm -hmm. um was bitcoin programming so up until 2017 it was max and stacy from 2011 to 2017 we were pretty much the only ones on network television Doing mm -hmm. Bitcoin. So then when that show started, it was really the first time you had another generation appear. And then when I see Jack Mahler's on Fox Business talking to Liz Clayman about Lightning Network this week, that's like another generation. So now we're into our third generation of media in Bitcoin, which is always from our, for me anyway, I can say, you know, it's always very fascinating because that's Mostly we've known, we're known for the media as, uh, aspect of this industry. So, and, and to see Jack Mahler's be able to completely dominate a conversation mm -hmm. as he did and reframe the conversation in ways that get his points across is, is like highly professional. You, you played Bill O'Reilly at the beginning of your show. I mean, it probably mm -hmm. took Bill O'Reilly 10 years to figure that out, but mm -hmm. here's like a young Bitcoiner who's already fully in the saddle and riding the beast of the media with great ease. And that's interesting and great to see. And, and um, so it's all, and we're, we learned from it too. So it's, it's totally um, interactive. You know, we're always learning new stuff. And I, I learned a while ago that, um, that the stuff you're always learning is, is so fresh all the time that you have to be humble. If you're not humble, you will be humbled <laughs> pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I try not to be too much of an asshole, even though a lot <laughs> of people might argue that point and say, hey, why are you such an asshole? Fact is, I could be a much bigger asshole than I am now. <laughs> in, in the spectrum of Bitcoin assholes, I think you fall short of the top. So I think you're yeah. in like the golden zone. Exactly. <laughs> I try to stay one notch below complete asshole. <laughs> I think I think like the, the the high end is like Dieter is probably is probably where we're sitting, but we'll yeah. we'll see. But <laughs> I love your point about Jack though, because Jack, 
I think part of it is the adversarial nature of Bitcoin itself. You're always, again, don't trust verify. And if you see bullshit, you call it. And so he takes that experience of like Bitcoin Twitter and he takes it to a network news interview. And as soon as he hears something, he's on it. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. And he just, he cuts it off and, and he gets the message that he came to give. And I, I love that about Bitcoiners. Yeah, I, I suppose, you know, one of my bullish themes kind of ties in to what De Dennis has just said is that, you know, the, the thing that's bullish about this community is the fuck you attitude. You know, fuck Elon, fuck Jack Dorsey, fuck Michael Saylor, fuck Max and Stacy, fuck us all, right? It, it, that, that's the thing is like, at the end of the day, for you as the individual podcaster, by the way, that's also liberating, right? Because like, you're not like Jerome Powell who has to measure every single word he says that it might disintegrate, you know, destroy the dollar, who knows? So you could say whatever you want and the community says, yo, you know, back off. And you're like, okay, I guess that was a stupid idea. I expressed it, but whatever. Um, and, and that's kind of like how we ended up finding Bitcoin so early because we were um, intentionally the opposite. We, we, we had the first financial news program that said, fuck you, Jamie Dimon, fuck you, central banks, fuck you all, right? And that was the opposite of what financial news did then and still does to, to this day, right? you're starting to see Bitcoin change them a little bit where they're starting to question some of this. But at the time of the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, everybody's like, oh, I hope Ben Bernanke saves us. And, and we all have to be quiet. Like, don't, don't have, don't do Occupy Wall Street. Don't, uh, you know, resist this. We need to save the system. Otherwise the system is going to be destroyed. Where we were, our attitude was like, fuck them. Like this thing, like they did this to us. And, 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 they're going to make it even worse. They did make it worse. So, you know, that just being able to say, fuck that guy. I don't care if he's worth 200 billion. A lot of people say, don't upset Elon. He's worth $200 billion. You need him. It's like, no, we don't. Bitcoin doesn't need Bitcoin doesn't need Elon. It doesn't need us. None of us. Like it, that's the thing about it is, is like, you can't upset anybody. Right. It's the opposite of the fiat world. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, back then it was very, uh, the, the rulers set the rules, so don't upset them. Now it's, it's rules without rulers and the world is still coming to terms with that and pricing it into Bitcoin. And, uh, and, and right now they, they haven't yet come to terms with it at all. They haven't figured it out. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love what Stacy had to say there. I, I really do believe that Bitcoin encourages and will flourish critical thinking and already has an independent thought. And I've noticed that even in myself, as I become more independent and in, in creating my own content, whatever you want to call it, right? I've been able to have more like pure ideas. And I think that that over time, this is really going to benefit the world dramatically because more and more people are going to be thinking independently and critically, and they're only beholden to themselves. And Bitcoin enables us to be to totally free with our thought, which is going to create a better world in the end. So uh, that's an incredible point, Stacey. Yeah. Well, you know, you do think like, okay, I'm about to express a thought of this tweet are like Greg and yellow and those guys about to make me a meme a bad meme <laughs> like you question whether you don't want to end up on the wrong side of the memes right yeah 
Yeah. I mean, that's it's, a good thing though, too. It's like the autoimmune system at some, at some point there has to be some, you know, way to protect the community as well. But uh, yeah, great. You definitely don't want to be on the bad side of all the ministers. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I don't want yeah. some big dildos coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and the beautiful thing about this is if you start getting memed, you have, you have two courses of action. You can double the fuck down or you can learn from it. And you know, if, if you double down, it's not going to turn out well if you take the opportunity to say, well, if, if everybody's piling on, where did I go wrong? Am I totally off base here? It's, it's an opportunity to, to look in the mirror. Uh, I won't go too much further down that rabbit yeah. hole, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, guys. Compromise and being uncompromising, you know, being compromising and making compromises over time, it really destroys somebody over 10, 15, 20 years, all those little compromises you make over extended period of time. And you end up in a very different place than, than where you would be if you hadn't made those compromises. You know, I think of this analogy, you know, the ship starts out and just one degree change in course over the course of that voyage, you end up in a very, very, very different place than where you set out. And, and this is a Bitcoiners, can afford to be uncompromising. As a matter of fact, they get paid to be uncompromising. Yeah. Think about that. Every, everything else before this has been paid to make compromises. I'm, I'm willing to be a part of the system, even though I know the system is corrupt. I'm making a compromise because I want to have a certain status or something like that. With Bitcoin, yeah. that's a different paradigm. And it's producing different types of people. You know, millennials and Gen Z who are Bitcoiners are completely different than the generation I grew up with. Completely different. You know, we, we grew up with fake it till you make it, you know, shop to your drop, conspicuous consumption, right? And look at these millennials and Gen Zs on Bitcoin. It's hodl, save, I'm selling my chair to buy more Bitcoin, <laughs> right? That's, think about how different that is than, than fake it till you make it or shop to your drop. It's... Yeah completely different right well, and so it? savings creates um integrity in a lot of yeah. ways and integrity is priceless yeah the other day i saw sean culkin uh nfl player uh tweet out i buy all my i buy all my clothes at target and i'm proud of that <laughs> so <laughs> like you know it's it's the hodl mentality like do i need this trinkety shit or do i want to stack some sats and if i am making a purchase is is it something that um, is going to benefit my life in the long term? Do I truly need it? Um, and so I, I love this this um, pushing out of the mentality of consumerism as as something trendy. And now now thrift is becoming trendy again, and saving is becoming cool again. And I love that about Bitcoin. Yeah, so, I like somebody responded to Sean Culkin when he tweeted that and said, "You mean Target?" <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have uh, Do you guys have Value Village in the states? Is no. that a thing? Okay, so in Canada, there's like a used clothing store called Value Village. You can like donate stuff, but uh, same kind of thing. Instead of Target and instead of uh, Value Village, they say Valu Village, and it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's very very trendy up there. <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> okay, so wanna... I'm gonna keep this rolling. Sorry, Dread, take it, take it. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to add to um to you know how all of us Bitcoiners in the community say you know fuck you, Greg, or fuck you, Elon, but it's also <laughs> you know fuck you to the goals that that we used to believe we needed. I mean, growing up in my past life, my Fiat job consulting, you used to think you wanted to become that partner, or you wanted to become that you know CEO of E Corp or whatever the fuck you thought you wanted to achieve to 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 reach the top of that that um that ladder and and it, it really took a, a mindset of saying fuck that goal like i don't want that anyway sure it has a lot of money but who wants to compromise for that and i don't know which one it is first whether it's the chicken or the egg whether it's the finding bitcoin and then being able to say fuck you to the goals or saying fuck you to the goals and then because of that being open to finding bitcoin but for me it it was saying fuck you to the goals first and then it right. really opened my mind to dive deep into understanding that there was a different path, you know? So yeah, the community so, yeah. was really strong for that. That that Bitcoin 2021, one of the moments was when Surfer Jim popped up and told Jameth to go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly that became a huge story and he didn't show up. Yeah. It's it's funny that just like, uh, you know, the plebs can, can make a billionaire uh, shake in his boots and avoid an entire event just because they're afraid of having their ideas challenged. Um, the plebs rule the world, man. The plebs rule the world. Yeah. It's incredible. It's, it's a total shift in power dynamic. And, and when we separated church from state and the enlightenment that happened, it was a very important moment and the American revolution and the ideas then. And then people forgot. We kowtow to the billionaires. We were like cower in our boots and say, oh, like, don't insult them. They're, they're better than we are. The, the, the FOMC guys meeting and determining what's best for us they're better than us. And that's the thing is like, we relearned that, you know, to kowtow, to bow, to bend the knee for these, uh, the elite. And, uh, you know, Bitcoin has reversed that, re reminded us it's the tree of liberty. Must be fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I like, I like the, uh, the, the parallel to bringing it back to our first conversation, the parallel between, uh, the, the plebs having the billionaires shaking in their boots. I think soon, uh, the pleb countries will have the largest nation states in the world shaking in their boots. They already yeah, kind of do. Definitely. Great. Love yep. it. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, El Salvador is that first person stepping off the plank in that meme where the politician is standing on the other end of it. They're that first country to walk away. Um, yeah, there's going to be more of that. <laughs> so guys, I'm going to keep this rolling. Uh, love that topic. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, we've got just shy of 400 people watching in here. Give this a share, smash that like button, and we're going to keep it rolling and keep those comments rolling in. I'm, I'm, uh, bringing them up whenever I, I see, I see volcano checkmate from, from Pago there. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm going to toss it to dread here and dude, I'm going to ask you, what are you excited about this week? What has you feeling bullish? Well, like Dennis said, the plebs have been doing a lot of work. And um, I would say the main thing that has me feeling bullish is to sum it up in one word, girth. I think girth is what has me feeling very, very bullish right now. Yeah, like very wide girth. And that's because the plebs and the Lightning Network have built a community on, online called Plebnet. Plebnet.org. If you go there, we have a big Telegram group and it is... Oh my God, over 1,200 plebs right now, just random people grabbing Raspberry Pis, setting up nodes, whether it's Umbral, Start9, Raspberry, Raspberry Blitz, um, all of them, my node, and connecting with each other, like through friendship, 
because friendship is magic and magic makes channels. And they just connect to each other and route to each other and they learn how to, how to set fees. Like it's literally a, a organically developing lightning network university just happening amongst random people across 20 countries in a telegram group. If you really want to get there the fun way, you go to kycjelly.com and it'll take it to the, to the telegram group. But I think that the plebs have really ignited my passion to learn again. I was in technology for many years and you know, I got so bored writing code because I didn't really want to give another, you know, Fortune 100 company a way to save a million dollars by by cutting the hours of their workers. So I really I'm, I'm happy to now find something that I'm passionate to spend my my skills on. And there's so many great people in this. Yeah, there's a network right there. There's so many great people in this network that that provide you with these channels and channel size is what I call girth. So that's kind of a joke on how big <laughs> you want to create your lightning channel. And it's gotten so big, we're now over 2.5% of the entire Lightning Network. It's just Holy shit, net. really? <laughs> yeah. And we've connected to places like Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador, and we're providing them liquidity so that they yeah. can always have a channel to buy a pupusa. So it's just everything's <laughs> connecting so well, and that's why I'm so bullish. That's great. I, I am part of PlebNet. Uh, yes, I, <laughs> I I updated my node the other day, so it's just like... Uh, cause I'm on umbral. So it got rid of my, uh, my alias. So I'm, I'm somewhere in here, but, uh, it's, it's crazy seeing how interconnected everything is. <laughs> and it's, it's just, there's so many, so many people. I just saw, I just saw Greg in here. Where is he? I just saw yeah. him. There he is. Fuck you, Greg. Uh, you, Greg. But, <laughs> but he's he's in here. Um, highly recommend people check this out because so so what's what's the ethos of this? Basically, just just trying to connect to each other, um, trying to um, reciprocate channels. Like how how do people get involved in this? Can you describe a little bit about how it works? Yeah, I mean, we started on Clubhouse really because uh, one of the early adopters, D++, who is also an educator for Bitcoin, yeah, she wanted to know how to use Lightning to send tips on Telegram using um, Fiat Jaff's program called NL LNTXBot, which is really good for Telegram sending Lightning to somebody else. And there was a whole clubhouse room on it, and then it just kind of, um, what's the word, snowballed from there, where people wanted to know, all right, I can send a tip now. How do I create a node? How do I open a channel? How do I set my fees? How do I know how to balance? You know, we have this thing called um, uh, it's a circular balance with a person, but you call it ghetto submarine swap. There's so many cool way, things that we're learning that is probably going to be end up end up getting implemented into the Lightning Network protocol because we're finding out, you know, just with each other with with just messing around. So we're not doing it to make money. No one's actually like you know taking home banks of sats or anything like that. It's really just about meeting people. I've met people from seven countries so far just because I'm in PlebNet learning about the Lightning Network. And it's about, like I said, the most important thing, girth. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And what was what was the um, what was the the URL again? I'm going to put it as a banner down. Sure, uh, along it is um, kycjelly.com. And if you want to see the the wiki to help you set up, if you don't really want to, you know, ask somebody questions all the time, you want to just go in and do it all yourself. Go to wiki.kycjelly.com and a pleb, just a random person decided, I'm just going to go ahead and write on everything I hear in here and make a GitHub account for it. And we can now, you know, push um, <laughs> push feature <laughs> requests and, and pull requests to change it. So yeah. wiki.kycjelly.com if you want to get started. 
That's awesome. Uh, I'm very glad that you brought up uh, Lightning Network. Um, I just, you know, I had used, um, you know, simple solutions on on my phone previously, but uh, a couple couple months back, two or three months back, I sat down with Nate, uh, also known as B4Bacon1 on Twitter, and he was gracious enough to spend an entire hour and a half on a call with me explaining the ins and outs of using Thunderhub to set up lightning channels and get my node all connected. Um, and I learned so much. It would have taken me weeks of dicking around to figure out what I learned from him in an hour and a half. And this purpose perf uh, perfectly ties in with Dennis's previous point that Bitcoiners are just so gracious with their time if you're willing to learn. And I've got to say that he helped me so much. And in turn, because of him being so kind to me and spending his time with me, I was able to then create like an hour plus, I think it's an hour and 15 minute long video that fleshes out exactly how to set up your lightning node on Thunderhub and get yourself connected and get inbound liquidity and all of these crazy things that I never had any clue about. Um, so there's a lot of great people out there that are, that are willing to help. And, uh, I highly encourage anybody that's curious about lightning to dive in. There's a ton of tutorials. I've done some, there's, there's lots of other people out there that are helping. So I guess my question to, to the remainder of the panel is, is what your experience, um, with, with lightning, if any, you've had thus far have you is it still to the point where you've kind of maybe tinkered a little bit or if or you're still like waiting to dive in and if so what are the hurdles that that uh scare you uh, <laughs> uh, i'll start i'll start first because um i was part of that lightning torch that first one yes. a couple of years ago and um <laughs> i was handed the torch i think uh no i was i handed it off to meltem so who somebody handed it to me i forget who and um, I received the torch and then I couldn't figure out how to freaking send it. And I was like, I, I was traumatized. Like I was in total, I was like so embarrassed thinking, oh my God, the world's looking at me. People are saying, send the fucking torch on. Who, who has this torch? Are they, did they run off with the money? And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, I was like DMing Elizabeth Stark, asking everybody, how do I get some, how do I send this freaking thing on? And I, you know, I, so it was totally so stressful. And um, I ended up having to go to sleep and send it in the morning. Everybody's like, just send it in the morning. Um, I had a nightmare that night that everybody was laughing at me and saying, you stupid bitch, how could you not send this stupid torch on? So that's the begin. That's the beginning of the journey. And I was a bit traumatized to even go near it for another like year. Mm -hmm. Now, like we have the Sphinx chat, and, right. you know, coming full circle and talking about that network, of course, um, you know, Max first introduced and, and, and he's credited him for it is uh, Adam Curry to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And now Adam Curry has, you know, found the lightning light. Like he's like all about lightning and growing up, you know, when cable news and cable first became a thing, we no longer had just two channels. You know, Max and I were like there at the beginning of MTV and all that stuff. So like, it's just so weird. You know, I called up, you know, DM'd Adam Curry, dude, 
how the hell do I start this Sphinx chat? How do I get on there? And he got on a Zoom call with me and spent an hour and a half walking me through uh, getting people, you know, like get voltage online with me and like communicating, telling us how to set this up. So now on our Sphinx chat, it is like really interesting. It does remind me of the early days of Bitcoin when mm -hmm. like all this stuff, like at that time, there were only those QT wallets. Like, how, how do I do this? How do I use it? How do I send it? Well, when people seem to like, it's like coming out of the birthing canal, like they arrive in the Sphinx chat. Oh my God, I got here. Is, can you hear me? Does anybody see me? <laughs> it's like, yeah, hi. So uh, it's it's really fun. It re just reminds me of those early days of of not knowing what the hell you were doing and and hoping yeah, it sense. A whole lot of self discovery as you're tinkering around with that. And I, I definitely I feel you on the what the hell am I doing um, <laughs> aspect of it. Uh, I I you know I dove in. I think when you were the first opportunity that you were able to actually download a lightning wallet on your phone. Um, but like at the time it was like, I didn't know what a channel was. I didn't know how to, and it was all manual. It wasn't like, yes. like the custodial automated um, ones that you can just get through blue wallet or wallet of Satoshi. It was like, no, you've got to manually set up channels and get inbound liquidity. And I was like, why, why can't I receive payments? What the hell's going on? It was so confusing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, but it's gotten so much better. It's gotten so much easier. You can dive into the weeds, yeah. but you have the option to use easier things, even in a non-custodial fashion, it can still be very easy. Um, Dennis, I'm wondering, have you, have you yet, I think last time I talked to you, I don't know if you had yet dove much down the lightning rabbit hole. Are you, uh, patiently on the sidelines or where are you at? Uh, I am peeking over the massive rabbit hole that is the Lightning Network. I've played around with some of the easier stuff to use. Obviously, I have my uh, Lightning nodes set up recently. I have you know played around with some of the Lightning wallets, but I haven't dived deep down the plebnet rabbit hole that is the one that Dredd is talking about. I've seen what they've ta been talking about on Clubhouse, and it really um, it's been really fun, even though I haven't been directly involved with what's going on with uh, the plebnet. It's it's really fascinating to watch um, someone like D++, who me and Dredd both talk to regularly on Clubhouse, actually get a group of people together and like in a, in a ground up movement, push some people to get interested in Lightning as much as she is interested in Lightning and activate so many of these community members to come around her and build plebnet. And now they're actually providing so much girth, as Dredd calls it, to the network. So it's incredible to see. Uh, the way that this stuff works, very wide girth, very wide. Lots of girth. Hopefully, I'll be providing some extra girth to the uh, the PlebNet network here <laughs> soon as well. But it's great to see. I love to see it. I think Bitcoin really does encourage cooperation. It encourages people to work together. That alone is going to have absolutely incredible impacts on society as we all download this new operating system onto our brains. In the past, we've had you know all sorts of different operating systems as a, as society as we've grown. Uh, but now we finally have stumbled across, like Max was saying, you know, we've been looking for, I, I don't know if you said this in your podcast, Max, or if you said it today, I've been, I've been listening to you all the time, obviously, but uh, we've been searching for real money for, you know, 100,000 years and we finally found it and it's going to be an incredible impact on society as a whole. The way that we use money is going to dramatically change, but it's also going to dramatically change the way we interact as human beings. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's I, wild. Go ahead, Drive. I do want to step in for and quickly say, because um, uh, I can, okay? Um, so size does matter. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The conversation was for girth and then KY, Kelly. 
<laughs> like, what kind of show they got going over here? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different terminology like that. Like I mean, Times Square in 1975. It's time, it's time for you to bring your girth to the club net, uh, Max. Uh, can you handle it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we can take it. Uh, I'm going to uh, dread uh, continue. Uh, you were going to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to say one more thing about about um, the Lightning Network. It's like a, it's a layer two technology, right? So a lot of people went through that whole, oh my God, I finally figured out Bitcoin enough to figure out Lightning. Oh my God, I finally figured out Lightning. It's like this mashup between the movie Inception and Plato's cave. You know, you finally come out of one cave, you're like, oh, it's a new world. And you're like, oh crap, there's another cave. So I feel like when layer three comes out, whatever that is, we have another Plato's cave to escape from. And <laughs> I'm just excited that every time it's like you get, like you come out of the birthing canal all over again. And I, I like that analogy. I like it. I also love this comment, uh, MG Smith. There's a reason he's called Max. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody that's watching this right now and you're like, I don't know, that sounds complicated. S baby steps. Uh, I do have a ton of tutorials, even without starting down the rabbit hole of actually setting up individual channels and everything. You can actually just get a lightning wallet on your phone immediately and just start playing to familiarize yourself with how to send and receive lightning payments. Um, so there's a ton, like I've covered Breeze Wallet, Phoenix is awesome. Um, and those are non-custodial. For simple custodial, there's Blue Wallet and Wallet of Satoshi. I do a, an entire node tutorial on setting up lightning network, network channels. And that's the big like girthy hour and 15 minute long video. Um, but then there's also like Moon m-u-u-n bitcoin wallet that one's incredible because it's a single unified balance it's non-custodial and you can receive regular bitcoin payments on chain or you can receive lightning payments and you can send the same you can send lightning payments or regular on-chain payments and it's a single unified balance um, so that's one of the more interesting things that i've seen as of late out of a bitcoin wallet and i also just recently covered strike which instantly converts bitcoin into dollars and vice versa which is being uh used it's the number one downloaded app in el salvador right now uh after that uh announcement um from them adopting bitcoin yeah as it was tender. so fast you know the, because for years and years it would we had this debate about the white paper and the use of the word cash. And what does that word cash mean? Can I buy a coffee with it? <laughs> and then, you know, the answer was always, you know, there's second layers coming, second layers coming, you know, without really fill in the blank, second layers coming. Then that was refined a bit. And we say, oh, you know, lightning, you know, lightning, you know, not really knowing what the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah, lightning. And then, Apparently there was a coup in El Salvador from Satoshi Nakamoto and 20,000 downloads a day of lightning, the, the uh, lightning app strike, which means that within a year, the entire population is going to be using lightning and they're going to yeah. achieve a Bitcoin standard. That all happened so quickly. It's so it's like whew, so fast. It's it's crazy. People don't realize like everybody's pointing to scalability of of just the layer one. That's still the stupid argument we hear today. Oh, it's seven transactions per second. You can't scale that to the globe and this much energy per transaction, which is a stupid argument in and of itself. But what people they more. haven't. Yeah, they haven't priced it in. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Dred. 
Sorry, there's just one more statistic that people aren't talking about that I keep on repeating. Not only are they onboarding 20,000 users per day, they're doing over 10,000 transactions per day as well on the Lightning Network. I think it's actually 15,000 transactions the last time I checked per day on the Lightning Network and growing. So if you want to see it scale to actually, um, like in, in reality, beat the numbers we're talking about, just look at the Lightning Network transactions going to El Salvador. That's just El Salvador right now, Dred? Just El Salvador. Wow. Just El Salvador. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. People people don't know what's coming. They uh, People don't know what's here, actually. People don't know what's already here. Even people in who are in Bitcoin don't know what's here. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's, true. It's, it's just a wild uh, pace that this yeah. whole thing is happening. Uh, and, um, you know, the dominoes are going to fall in that region. So pa Paraguay is already making the moves and six or seven other countries. So this and then in parallel, you've got the African nations doing the same thing. So Ray over at Paxful, you know, every time I look at Twitter, he's in a new country, you know, <laughs> hooking people up. And he alone is probably orange pilled 5 million people this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome to see how much innovation is happening. And even just outside of, even even within the base layer, the the having Taproot now locked in and activating in November, um, what's going to be able to be done with that is incredible. And uh, I'm I'm very bullish on on the innovation that's also happening in second layers, um, because again, you're right, Max. People would always say, "Oh, second layer, it's coming." It's a, well, it's here and it's ready and it it's fucking working for an entire country. Um, so right. again, and a lot of the times we set matter. it out of faith. Like I would say, oh, you know, second layer is coming, but you know, I'm praying second layer is coming. Yeah. I would have no reason to, I'm just praying. And then suddenly it's transformed a country and my prayers have been answered. You know, everyone's prayers were answered. So there's a faith aspect to Bitcoin. It's underrated. And we are, we are willing this into existence. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, Bitcoiners are just really good at that's kind of been one of the things I love most about this this group of people is that the ability of Bitcoiners to predict the future is is unparalleled. Somehow you're able to just see what's coming all the time. Not just me, obviously, but people that I talk to all the time in this in this industry. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, Max has been predicting stuff for, <laughs> and they've it's all come true, right? That's the incredible part. This is my bullish thing. This is my thing. I think okay. we should <laughs> jump to there. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the it. The thing I'm bullish on is that the reason why the ability of, of Bitcoiners to predict the future is because I'm bullish on Bitcoin keeps observing us. It's watching mm. the show. It's watching everything we do. And it gives us what we say. What I just said recently, just a, a few moments ago that, um, hey, all of us Bitcoiners were talking about stranded energy. And like, whoa and fucking behold, like El Salvador is like, hey, we've got volcano energy, right? That's because Bitcoin was watching us. It was like, it's always watching us from the very beginning. It's that quantum nature of the evolution of the technology. So um, back in 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, there were insane people who were giving away thousands and thousands of Bitcoin in faucets and stuff like that. Like you'd have to be a lunatic to do it now, right? Who's going to give away 10,000 Bitcoin or 20,000 Bitcoin? Like, faucets run by Mati Mami 
or um, Gavin Andreessen, like what sort of lunatic? That's because uh, Bitcoin was fucking with us. Like it was fuck, it was watching everybody. You're like, okay, you want to call me magic internet money? Give me away. Just sprinkle me like fairy dust. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> and it was like, okay. And then the first obituaries came. And it's like, oh, you think I'm dead? All right. Okay. Let me show you some tricks. And then it started to like, so it's always seeming like in a dance with us. It's, it's down the human rabbit hole too. It's like, it's technology created by humans or perhaps aliens, as Max might say, where the, the Pentagon keeps on talking. It keeps on trying to get us to believe that there's some aliens. That's here. my point. That's my point. Don't <laughs> blow it. <laughs> Sorry. But you know, the, that's the thing is like, it's always evolving and always like surprise. That's why the rabbit hole is so deep because it keeps on changing. So we're about to hit a historic moment this week. You mentioned it at the top of the show with the difficulty adjustment. It's going to be a huge difficulty adjustment. Okay. Now what's this going to do? Okay. All the people in the mainstream media now looking at it saying, Oh my God, China's banning it. The hash rates collapsing. Look at this. This is bad. It's like, uh-huh. Oh yeah. You think I'm going to die? Watch this. And boom, the difficulty adjustment goes down, profit goes up. Everybody's like, whoa, I'm going to like start mining this shit because uh, it's like uh, now it's more profitable. So there's always a trick up its sleeve. It's like watching us and waiting to, um, you know, coming from a Hollywood background. It's always got a, like a hook. It's always got a, a twist in the plot line. You're like, oh, man, I didn't. Yeah. I should have seen that coming. It's like Brandon Quidham wrote that essay about bitcoin mm. as a living organism yes and adapting in like mushrooms that have been successful for for millions of years so it, it possesses those qualities yeah. at the beginning it used to be called magic internet money max and i spent a lot on stupid stuff like iphones you know dozens of bitcoin on stupid shit like that um, but everybody was doing that. That was it was magic internet money. So we treated it like magic and hey, have some of my fairy dust. And then then who 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 did it first? Like did it become store value? Like how did that happen? Who who who's who who made it happen? Like were we who were was Bitcoin observing us or we were observing it? Like there seems to be this like relationship where it's always evolving as our understanding is. Yeah. of it is evolving it, it has a, a you know a cosmic dimension to it yes right so it's the, the cause the cause you know there's that saying petition the universe and the universe will provide mm. you know and it's like the universe it, and it also gets back to the concept of gaia right that everything is one one organism but you know all the living animals the rocks the trees the you know it's just one living organism so, and, and Bitcoin is an expression of that in a way that humans seem to be responding to unlike anything else ever. And it's, it's changing us as a species in a lot of ways, which is fascinating. And also it can be scary. Like when, when, this, uh, when the president of uh, El Salvador was talking about and doing a demonstration of a wallet, I, I was like trembling. Yeah, you know, I had to, I, you know, I had to seek out Stacy and like, <laughs> I need to hold my hand because this is, I, I can't believe what's going on here. I'm, tr I'm trembling. This is what the fuck is happening in the simulations gone wacko. Is it really one run by cats? Is that what's happening? You know. Uh, so anyway, I've gone on. A tangent. No, it's, I, I think you're right, and and the i the idea 
of of Bitcoin as kind of like a, a living organism. I I think it it speaks to the the fact that Bitcoin responds to stimuli from us, right? It it responds to positive and negative stimuli. If if we're being stupid, it effectively proves how stupid we're being. Um, because it's there's a there's a set protocol that it functions on, and the only variable is us as humans, and it just responds to to us and either puts us in place or rewards us for understanding it properly. Um, the The difficulty adjustment again, it's 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 all pre programmed. It it functions as planned, and uh, and and yeah, people don't don't grasp that it's just going to be fine. And, and one of the beautiful things when you're talking about, uh, Hey, you know, you, you think I'm dead. Yeah. Let's see it. Bitcoin is basically the embodiment of that, that meme where the dude's standing over the grave with like the peace sign. <laughs> it's like Bitcoin. And then like Bitcoin again, over top of it, it's that's Bitcoin over and over again. How many, how many, uh, deaths has it, ex it experienced? Uh, over the years or supposed deaths uh, through mainstream media. And we're about to see it again. I can't wait mm. for the first person to make that meme after the umpteenth <laughs> time we've heard mining death spiral. If I hear mining death spir spiral one more fucking time, and we're going to hear it many times, we're going to hear it again uh, throughout the years. And it's just, it's just whatever new round of idiots is coming in, to get angry about Bitcoin, they're just going to jump on Google and say, Google Bitcoin bad, and then pull up some 2014 article and just use that as their talking points. That's that's the level of discourse we have now. So, um, you know, Bitcoin will outlast them all. It will last outlast us all. And it's it's here to stay. But uh, I'll defer to uh, Dennis or Dredd if you have further thoughts on, uh, on this topic here. My only thought was that... Um... You know, Bitcoin is like a true representation, a monetary representation of our collective consciousness. And the deeper humans peer into Bitcoin, the deeper Bitcoin will peer back into them. That's yeah. And that's kind of from Stacy's point. It just that kind of feels like it fits, you know, because that's what I've been thinking the whole time. Like this thing is an orgasm. I've been following all of um, Quidim's mycology and mycelium um, parallels, and they really hit home. So I really feel that this thing is a living Thing created by another living thing, whether it's here or not here, and um, it's watching us. <laughs> I love it. It's it can see you, Dennis. Can can you feel its eyes in the back of your head? <laughs> it's definitely a living, breathing, some sort of an artificial intelligence type organism that was dropped on this planet either by some extremely intelligent human beings or maybe aliens. Who knows? A time traveler could have been anything, honestly, but it is so far, it's such a leap from where we are today. And that's part of the reason why I'm just so absolutely excited about talking about Bitcoin and spreading the message of Bitcoin, because we're just so freaking early, honestly, and the volatility in the market just proves how early we are. If this thing can go down uh, such a significant amount in such a short period of time, it can go up in, in, in numbers as well. And just, in just the same amount of time, it's incredible that the, the, honestly, the difficulty adjustment is arguably, and I need to dive deeper on this. I know that there's been a couple of articles written. I've been trying to find them, but there's the, some people that claim that the difficulty adjustment is one of the most genius aspects of Bitcoin. 
where, for instance, like with gold mining, what Max was talking about, if people just decide to stop mining gold, then there's less gold being mined. But with Bitcoin, you can have an, a dramatic drop in the security model and have 30% of the hash rate, 40% of the hash rate come offline and you'll have a difficulty adjustment and we will be safe from attack and we will continue to be safe from attack. There's there's already honestly so many miners out there that it, it really just doesn't matter if we lose 30, 40% of the hash rate. There's no way anybody's going to be able to combat the current hash rate and attack the network. So I just am super pumped about this point. I, I, I think that it, we're just beginning now with layer two solutions. There's going to be more layer two solutions and Bitcoin is going to continue to grow and fascinate us. You know, just with, um, uh, what was it? The, the last upgrade, what was it called? Um, Tapper. That was what brought us essentially what brought us lightning network because of the transaction malleability. Oh, oh, um, uh, not you, segwit, you, segwit, segwit. Yeah. Not 2x though, obviously, yeah. but you know, yeah. So, I mean, I think that people really undersold what we were going to get out of Segway. Like, I remember people talking about it. They're like, "Oh yeah, just a, just a mild upgrade, a little bit of transaction malleability, and boom!" All of a sudden, we have freaking Lightning Network. And same thing, I feel like is going to happen with Taproot. And this this upgrade is one of the best things I love about Bitcoiners is they they undersell and overdeliver uh, in their promises. And I think that we're really going to see Bitcoin grow dramatically in the next in the next five to ten years in its abilities. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree there. Um, there. There's so much interesting stuff uh, coming down the pipe um, with all all of these upgrades, and yeah, it's 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 going to be uh, a hell of a time the next few years here. Um, I was just going to quickly bring up for those of you uh, on this topic of Bitcoin as a living organism, uh, the article that was uh, alluded to before is this one uh, by Brandon Quidham. Uh, it's called Bitcoin is the Mycelium of Money. And uh, it's, it's a pretty good read. I highly recommend you check it out. But uh, yeah, Bitcoin is the Mycelium of Money. Uh, I, think, I think Guy Swan also did an audio version of it on Bitcoin Audible. Uh, so head over there and check it out as well if you're more of a listening and uh, as if you don't have time to be sat in front of your computer for a solid hour reading, then uh, then uh, uh, Guy Swan has a silky smooth voice to, to read it to you. Um, but I will uh, we're going to keep this rolling and we're going to move on to Mr. Max Kaiser uh, for the our final reason for feeling bullish this week. So, Max, I defer to you. What has you excited, man? Right. Well, so we've been talking about. Bitcoin and consciousness and Bitcoin and the collective consciousness and Bitcoin as being self-aware, as tapping into some kind of cosmic intelligence. So, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while and as more people join the network and those transactions, which are kind of who we are, we are the sum of our transactions and every 10 minutes, 150 million people are synced. So their consciousness is, their conscious is synced. And that's growing to billion, two billion, three billion people. You know, we're at the 1997 stage of the internet. We had about the same number of users in 1997 on the internet as you have on Bitcoin now. So we're about to head into the multi-billion dollar user number. And per the protocol, that means every 10 minutes, everyone's consciousness and unconsciousness gets synced. And so that means that the global, the sum total of global 
unconscious is organized in a way that I believe is why we're seeing the appearance of these UFOs. So more and more we're getting reports about UFOs because I think there's always been a lot of UFOs everywhere, but they've been kind of invisible to us. But now if you take all of these billions of human minds and you sync them up, they create a very powerful force. And these UFOs are coming and they're, they're coming to mine Bitcoin. And they're going to be using not volcano energy, but quasars. Quasars are the most powerful force in the galaxy, in the universe. It's the most potent form of energy in the universe. They're going to tap into that. They're going to start mining Bitcoin. And that's when we get to a million dollars a coin. It's going to be you, the aliens on UFOs tapping into quasar, quasar energy uh, and to mine Bitcoin. And that's how we get to these higher prices. The good news is that the, the aliens are Bitcoiners. So just like we have friends in planet Earth who are Bitcoiners, and there's all reasons for divisions are eliminated, class, race, status, then also we the division between what is uh, an Earthling and a not Earthling will also be erased. It's also immaterial. So then we tap into galactic knowledge. We tap into cosmic knowledge. So we're heading to to cosmic knowledge because it's all synced up every 10 minutes per the protocol. That's why I'm bullish. So we're going to actually see the face of God. So this generation that's developing right now is the only the first generation since the beginning of the beginning. I mean, if you remember 2001, the monolith on the moon starts off, the apes are running around. They throw the bone up, turns into a spaceship. That's a filmic image of how time exists in the cosmic reality. We're about to have that moment. We've been living in the darkness our entire existence. We've never left the cave. Now we're about to really, really leave the cave. Really. And Bitcoin is easing us into it. We're being eased into it. All those revelations you have every day where you feel like, oh my God, everything I thought I knew, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Multiply that times everything you thought you knew, you don't know. And then multiply it again. <laughs> and now we're, that's where we're headed. That's what we're going to see. I've got and, a question for you, Max. Yeah. Is, uh, is is a a sound money network like Bitcoin uh, the answer to uh, the great filter and the Fermi paradox, where <laughs> it's the it's the question of those unfamiliar. The Fermi paradox is like in a universe so vast uh, that has been around for so many billions of years. Why haven't we yet se seen intelligent life? And so the the um, assumption or, or the, the hypothesis was there's some sort of great filter uh, that prevents societies uh, from getting past a certain point uh, in their evolution. And 
that then leads to either we are behind that that uh, great filter and we haven't made it past it yet and we need to achieve it or we are the first to go beyond that uh, filter and so we're the first out there or there's the aspect of maybe we just weren't worthy of of that contact because we hadn't gotten past that uh, great filter and a, a great equalizer like Bitcoin where all of a sudden you can kind of, and again, akin to our earlier conversation where you can kind of plug in the consciousness of everybody on the planet working together through economics to decide and place importance on human action. Um, does that then propel us past that great filter um, and allow us to, to continue on as a species and uh, no longer fight ourselves as much and and self-sabotage so i i love that idea but i was curious if you had ideas around that for, for me it's more like looking at in in the world of, of physicists you would think about the heisenberg uncertainty principle and how the uh time and space kind of disappears in that in that um, model right um and and cause and effect disappear in that in that model. So the linear concept can't break away. Mm -hmm. so concurrently in psychology, you have Carl Jung's idea of synchronicity. Again, the linear cause and effects disappear. Things are happening on the mandala in the, in the perpetual now, in the forever instant. So the Bitcoin singularity, which is what I'm talking about, is about all of the scales being removed from our eyes simultaneously. And we, we basically are um, joining, it's a, a rejoining of, of who we are for real um, in, in the sense that um, it, it's, it's a, again, when you harness the power of the global unconscious in, in that curly Jungian way, you know, you, you have that quantum leap, right. To another state of being. So we, we've been, we've been in kind of a similar state of being and you, when you, you know, all the archeological records, you know, they just found a new species now of humans, you know, from 30 or 40,000 years ago or something. I was just reading about it that, that existed as homo sapiens and Cro-Magna. And then there's another species, but you know, it's been somewhat uninterrupted. And it, it can you can look through the the, the records and, and look through the fossils and look through and come up with a chronology of it. And but there there is now a, a leap to a, a cosmic consciousness that when you harness the sum total of our collective unconscious, you get this instantaneous transmogrification. And it's alluded to in art and it's alluded to in religion. You know, we have hints of it. So you know, in different religions, they have these, these, these rituals and they have these stories that inform us about these things, um, about, uh, about the, the presence of um, this uber consciousness, if you will. And, but we've never been able to reach it. And we've been looking for it in odd ways through space exploration or what have you. 
but Bitcoin allows us actually by the coordinated syncing of all these nodes and by turning money into something into something else, into a rocket, into the collective unconscious. So this idea of money is going to change as well because we won't we we won't be uh, needing money where we're going. Money is just a vehicle to get to where we're going. But once we're there, the idea of money disappears. The ego, individual egos, completely disappear. Mm -hmm. That that's what we need to get rid of. Individual ego. It just be the hive mind, if you will, some people call it. Or one love. One as, love. As Dread might uh, know it. Yeah, is. try Ja love. One love. Right? I mean, the yeah, Coptic religion definitely de de gets into this, uh, I would say. I mean, I'm not an expert, but there, you know, and on a spiritual basis, the shamanism and other types of spirituality approach this, the energy. Uma, the the notion of an Uma. So you're saying like it's a collective, like it, it's it's bringing everybody in. You're all we're all looking at it. We're all looking at the difficulty adjustment, the hash rate, the all the the, the rabbit hole of Bitcoin, and it's yeah, it's it's pulling it. It's using all that energy in and our the bra consciousness. Our brains are mis are not used because they're housed in these things called ego, so they don't really work together. Mm. And language is a really terrible way to communicate. Mm -hmm. It's very abstract. But with the every 10 minutes sinking of the global unconsciousness through the thing we all relate to, money, which is hard-coded into our DNA, then we have a chance to collectively see something and get rid of this ego that's, that's preventing us from seeing. Like, well, if you mention that, that new species they found in, I think it's in modern China, but it's like 100, 150,000 years old, things that you see from evolution is uh, basically nature has a, its own difficulty adjustment, right? Evolution is a, a, an adjustment to new difficulties. Um, you know, they, they are theorizing that maybe modern humans came out of Africa couple, like 100,000 years ago because of the Ice Age uh, caused huge desert fatigue. Uh, you know, the, everywhere turned into a desert because all the moisture in the atmosphere was in the ice, things like that. But like you saw, like, so you can usually look in the archaeological record for what we were trying to do, what even ledgers, right? Thousands of years old. That, that was the first writing out in Mesopotamia. And like people were like, you see that the evolution through the record, the fossil record of Bitcoin itself goes back to, say, the last period of, of major tumult, like what we're seeing now when we just talked about going off the gold standard in 1971. You see... Um, the notion around consciousness and LSD and taking and trying to get to that sort of spiritual sense of, of love and one communication, but we yeah. failed. We, that is, you know, the, the cycles always like stop, right. Then, then came all this free money, property prices going up, stock markets. Woo. We all became yuppies and we forgot about it. And then it's back like Bitcoin's back stronger. Like it just seems like there are forces, like we're all like part right. of this. So all these different forces, they form like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. And we look at that kaleidoscope and we're amazed by it. Yeah. And it's all very colorful and it's moving. But Bitcoin allows for all the different layers of the kaleidoscope to all come to sync. Yeah. And it's just one bright tunnel yeah. into, let's call it face of God. But that can only be a, happen if we're all synced into Bitcoin as monetary network because like it touches our, our deepest need, our deepest need. It's like uh, Solaris. Have you ever seen that film? 
I haven't seen it yet. No, I know which one you're talking about, though. So 1972 is considered one of the greatest films ever, right? And uh, mm. the the astronauts are circling that planet Solaris, right? And um, a guy is sent out there because you know th these people have seen something, a mysterious force, and they're no longer like they're beyond the reach of communication. Like he can't talk to them, and then he himself. And the people out there to rescue them, they, they go like crazy. Right. Like they, they, there's a mysterious force that, you know, is out there. So, I mean, that's just uh, Tarkovsky, you know, seeing the, this greater consciousness, like this mysterious right. force. There's, there's something churning. That's why people with big egos and narcissists tend to get blown up by Bitcoin. <laughs> because yeah. the, the, the truth of this is so unsettling. <laughs> because it's not about them. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not going to name names, but you know who they are. You know, mm -hmm. it's the truth is too overwhelming and it blows up. It blows them up. Right. I mean, I've, I've struggled with it myself. Like I was saying earlier, I'm like, I'm not the asshole I could be. That's because <laughs> out of survival. So I know if I were the asshole I could be, I would, the Bitcoin protocol would fuck me up. <laughs> So the chat is naming names already. <laughs> I see Elon coming up. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it actually it destroys all of those mental models. You know, um, Bitcoin does. Like uh, to your, I mean, to your point, we won't need money because everything that we know today that 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 drives human action, everything that we know today that that you know creates the limited amount of information each person knows will go away. And you know, if we're able to see one truth through Bitcoin, then you don't really need all the human action game theory anymore because everything is is just you know what it is it's a fact through bitcoin and it breaks all the economic models that we know today so i don't know what the new one's going to be you know because it's 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 brand new and it's you know uh, a, a single path towards it but i don't know what it'll look like but i know it's not going to be what we've known it to be for hundreds of years whether it's Keynesian if you're wrong or austrian if you're right i think all of that breaks once yeah. we're on hyper bitcoinization yeah. And the, uh, like talking about the permanency, the, the truth of human experience um, and beyond money is Max and I went to this uh, museum, this amazing museum in Istanbul. And those are the first, the Hittites, like were really the first to put these, uh, all these contracts they were big on contracts. They love their, you know, smart contracts, right. That still exists to this day. Cause it was uh, into stone. And one of the most, uh, one of the most amazing is like um, there was a man who was dissed by another guy in the marketplace. And he's like, why are you uh, slandering my good name? Like, this is like, you're, you're saying I didn't pay you back. I'm, I told you I'm going to pay you back. And this is my honor. This is my name. This is my truth. Like, why are you saying this to me? And it survived to this day thousands of years later, but it's such a, like, it's so familiar as you're saying, like earlier, like we're Bitcoiners, right? You show up and we're all, we, you understand each other. Uh, there's a, there's a, a universality to it. And the universality of human experience throughout history, it's, it's always beyond money. It's about trust, about faith, about, uh, you know, your good name, your, your place in the world. Mm -hmm. On a, yeah. In a contract, in a, in, <laughs> in a ledger, like, uh, you know, Bitcoin records it, it records it constantly yeah the you know i had that experience in fez you know we were traveling in morocco two years ago in fez which is a medina with ten thousand people nine thousand 
alleyways with that have no name. And these are people living on one or two dollars a day. And after a couple of days, I felt like every, nobody here is broke. Because it's just it's a completely self-sustaining unit. Like it's just people all day long. Hustle, 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 hustle. The guy's selling meat. The guy's selling veg. This person's tanning. Ding, 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 ding. And it's just completely uh, self-contained. You know, it's I didn't get it. I didn't get a sense of anyone being un, unhappy about them not getting. You know, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no stress. There's, yeah, it wasn't like it was real. It was real. You know, it's like, and and so you know, amplify that with the with the over a billion with syncing up every ten minutes on Bitcoin. It's just you're just vibrating at a frequency that's, that's real. And, and when you get rid of that ego centricity, you know, you get rid of the neuroses that come with it and the paranoia, uh, this, this instant gratification that are, that seeking through external, um, things like drugs, alcohol, this type of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then what's left, you know, when you strip it all away is spirit, so if you become just a spiritual entity and you're combined with all spiritual entities. So, I mean, this is, but, but what's incredible to me is that this generation is actually potentially experiencing the Bitcoin singularity, mm -hmm. you know, which is after a hundred thousand, 200,000 years, there's the, that we're at the end game. Potentially. That, it, that's how fast this what, is going. One of the things that I think drives it is that time preference, that shift in time preference. Mm -hmm. That really started to hit um, me personally only like post-2017 four cores. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, before that, it was just like I, I was still the same Stacy. Like I knew Bitcoin. I was part of Bitcoin. But like it hadn't yet changed me on that sort of fundamental level. Max always says Bitcoin, you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. Uh, we've also added now, you don't fix Bitcoin to the likes of Elon, Bitcoin fixes you. And once that shift happens, it's really hard to go back. Like you, once you, once it happens, you can't really describe it. It just happens. It's like that mysterious force out there. You're like, mm -hmm. something has happened to me and my time preference has changed. And all the things I used to want and desire in life, like, nice chairs <laughs> yeah, it all evaporates and, and it's hard to get back once once that's gone but it's not like like if you didn't have nice chairs in the fiat world like you would be you would uh suffer like you would feel bad you you know you were stressed out you were comparing yourself to the neighbors and like what they had and possessions they had and you don't you you, you that that negativity inside directed at yourself it yeah disappears and also it. when you have like unconfiscatable wealth and self-sovereignty you know it's immune to the fear mongering because so much of the news and the media is about taxes going up there's a war coming on um you know and it's just constantly berating people and threatening people like you're gonna we're gonna take all you're gonna take it all we're gonna send you to war we're gonna kill you and then when you've got this unconfiscatable wealth that's protected by an in, impregnable uh, encrypted wall, you know, you're like, yeah, whatever, cuck, go fuck yourself. You know? <laughs> I've right. heard this bullshit so long. Just like, go, go fuck, a, put your, you know. Yeah, but the, like the true cost and the reality around you, once you can see it, once you can feel it, 
like it's hard to go back. Um, when we were in that Medina and Fez, yeah. there was a butcher's shop. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a different experience to show up with the butchers and like, okay, select which goat you want us to kill. And you're like looking at these cute goats and you're like, I think I'll have some vegetables. <laughs> I'm like, like you, they're like telling you which one to like, you have to look it in the eye and say, okay, are you going to eat me? <laughs> like uh, that was a real moment too. And I was, uh, you know, I am a carnivore, <laughs> but I yeah. was like, I think I'd rather be ignorant on this. Part. Yeah. It's that, that whole like real, you know, it's like a slap in the face. Like this is the real shit. This is what's going on. Here. But Bitcoin does that to uh, the way or to governments, to how we organize and structure ourselves, like the cost of war. There is a cost of war. We don't see it anymore, um, partly because the media is now part of the, the fiat industrial military industrial sort of complex. And they don't show the images of the true cost of it. But that moment of like having to uh, select which, uh, creature you wanted killed is like you're like okay i think i could wait a bit and uh you know if you have bitcoin imposes real costs right like you have you, you, the decisions you make have real consequences and costs. yeah yeah you're in you're in the moment right so the problem with modern life is that you, the, everything goes by and you're not really in the moment you're a tourist in your own life you know you're you're not really participating in your own life and so when you get the bitcoin standard in your brain you're actually participating in your own life. So your every single decision is now going through the Bitcoin singularity. You're like, well, that's a waste. That's not a waste. That's this is the, so you have greater contact with your life. And then once you have that, then your life is different and you meet different people, mm -hmm. right? So then your community changes and then the community as a whole decides, Hey, let's, let's flip El Salvador. <laughs> Right. And then El Salvador is going to be like, let's flip the region. Mm -hmm. Right. So that all just came out of being in the now, which is because the blockchain is sinking every 10 minutes, all of our unconscious desires. about we're, money. We're, we're plugging back into truth, right? We, we had uh, a, a version of it with sound money with gold before it was easily able to be, you know, co-opted and perverted with, necessarily with uh, uh, fiat extraction, not fiat extraction, but like paper extraction. Um, and then that peg was broken and we went to a system of, of untruth or a system of lying. And it set us back decades, right? We, we've been sitting, we've been sitting here uh, for, like we said, we're coming up on, on year 50 of, of uh, a generation of just, straight up lies there's no truth to economic movement there's no truth to where we place value because somebody at the top gets to um reallocate all of that capital wherever they see fit and you know you see the the results of that is some uh a very select few benefit uh a lot and the majority of the globe does not benefit and we're now seeing, like you said, every, every, everybody's starting to shift out of that. We're opting out of that. Where El Salvador is the first country to officially plug back into truth. And the implications as everybody shifts to that network of truth, we can better allocate our time and our resources and grow more as a society, as a people and uh, you know, I saw some people saying, well, hive mind. Well, it's not, it's not exactly hive mind. It's more, you're able to see things clearly because there's no 
obfuscation of where value is actually placed. You get to see the cumulative economic desires of a planet of eight, nine, 10, eventually billion people. You get to actually see where that value is placed instead of where the people at the top want that value to be placed. Right. Um, you know, there's a saying that you become what you hate. Mm -hmm. And for the last five or six years, America has hated on Russia. And in the process, we've become like the Soviet Union. All of the decisions, economic decisions, are made by the Politburo of the FOMC. You've got incredible wealth and income gap, loss of uh, the censorship, running riot, propaganda, gone crazy. Mm -hmm. We could have avoided all that, but we chose not to. Uh, El Salvador, yeah, they're breaking free. They're plugging into the truth, as you say, and uh, it's going to have a huge ripple effect. But, you know, also on top of that, going back to that little goat in the um, in the Medina is obviously I would choose to kill the goat when I get too hungry. But mm -hmm. most of our fiat world is just mindless. Right. You, you don't think of the cost of all the debt that it's actually just pulling consumption forward. Who are you pulling it forward from? Well, the next generation It's not you that's going to pay for it. It's somebody else. Right. So therefore, you don't you don't even think about it. You're just like, well, I'm not going to be around. Let them pay for it. Right. So you keep on rolling it forward. The same thing with all our fiat food. You're just like stuffing it into your mouth and not thinking of the costs and the consequences of, of factory farming, all the sort of stuff, the horror that goes into a lot of the stuff we have. And then so when you're confronted with whether or not you need the chair, whether or not you really need to eat right now. OK, I'm not that hungry, uh, but you're a cute little goat, but I might come back tomorrow because I know I'll be hungry tomorrow. And then like to just have to, the, the have to be mindful thinking about what you're actually doing and whether or not it's necessary. And that's like what I was saying. That's part of that whole time preference when your time preference shifts, you know, you, and you start to value the now and mm -hmm. you really are aware of actually everything you're doing, putting into your mouth, consuming, uh, you know, you're, role on earth yeah i mean as far as hive mind goes i mean i'm I, I think it's worth digging deeper into it not at this moment but you know the the f fact is that there's a collectivism associated with the nodes there's a, a collective effort you know it's linux right linux is a collective effort um it has a dictator at the center of it linus Torvald. you know so it's not like bitcoin that has no center but it, it, you know, all, all systems, you know, as somebody said, it breaks all the models, but we still have to use English to discuss these things. Right. So words are good, uh, approximations of meaning. They're not very precise, even the most precise words. And in English, there, there are many, many more words, for example, than there are in common usage in uh, French, but in French is probably more expressive because of its lack of words, because the more is given to the expression give that is on the speaker's behalf. You know, they say French is the, the language of the woods, you know, because it's um, you have tremendous meaning in, in gesture and context. And you don't, and whereas in English, sometimes you become overly specific. And when you become overly specific, you t sometimes completely lack, uh, uh, ob obviate meaning. It's very specific and meaningless. 
Whereas mm-hmm. something that's, I mean, we just saw this great uh, two-part series on Hemingway. So Hemingway is considered to be the greatest American novelist of the century. You know, and he had this iceberg theory where he really nine tenths of what was trying to say he left out. And there's, there's, so, so language, you know, be careful with language because the spirit of the spirit that's being expressed, I think takes precedence over parsing individual Mm -hmm. words. Otherwise you end up like writing for the New York times where all they do all day is parse words to the point where they have no meaning and it becomes a worthless propaganda rag. But when you're Mm -hmm. talking collectivism, I mean, what you're really saying is the network, the network survives. Like, uh, you know, Adam Smith talked about that capitalism should reflect nature, right? Nature is perfect. Nature uh, balances itself. It has its own difficulty adjustments. That's what I was saying about evolution. Uh, There was a viral video this past week of um, that baby elephant and uh, the mom, but two other giant female elephants like created a triangle in which that they made the baby sleep. I they were protecting the their herd. They were protecting their future rather than letting the like I, I need a more comfortable sleep. Go away, baby, and the baby gets eaten by a lion. Right. So there's a, a they're, they're protecting the network of their species. That is the elephant by forcing this little baby that was kept on trying to climb out. It's like, it doesn't want to be there, right? It wants to get Mm -hmm. out, it wants to break free, it wants to go explore and play with the lions, not knowing it's going to eat it. And, you know, that's that's collectivism. It's like, who who are the other two females that were like surrounding it, keeping it uh, from getting away? You know, they're they're working towards their own, the, the network to continue. That is their elephant network right there's there's there well there's game theory there's cooperation there's altruism you know these things are on the other side of belligerence violence and war mm. as, as coping mechanisms and all of those things are too expensive yeah so altruism is a much more efficient way at cooperation and as a st- strategy of, for interaction it's underutilized but it, it is, and you see it in the animal kingdom, altruism is used quite often. You know, the, this famous example being the, uh, the fish that eats the bacteria off the shark's teeth, or, <laughs> right? So the, it's hanging out in the jaw of the shark, right? But there's, there's mm-hmm. a mutual beneficial relationship mm. to this. And um, so, th- th- you know, there's subtlety of it, right? So, you know, we, we, we kind of live in an area in a, in an era where subtlety has been kind of lost and it's all, everything is extremely um, basic, even TV shows. I mean, <laughs> the TV shows are so this like soft porn and violence, soft porn and violence. Every single <laughs> show is exactly the same, but it's a period drama. So that somebody dressed up from a hundred years ago, Soft porn violence. It's like boom, bada boom, bada boom, bada boom. So that's that's you know comic book storytelling. There's so the, the where, where's the anyway? I'm going off on a tangent on this now. I love. I think the my favorite thing about having you on this show is <laughs> we go, we go and we say why are why are you bullish and uh, the rabbit holes that <laughs> are visited through all of this are are so fantastic um that you know i i i don't know because we've taken so many twists and turns 
how where we are in the rabbit hole, but I, I've thoroughly enjoyed the journey all the way down. So I I, I see people again in the comments saying uh, they need they need to give this a re-listen re or a rewatch because there's so much here. But that's it's fantastic. I, I love it. I love investigating the implications of Bitcoin on people and us as a society, us as a, a, a civilization and where that can take us. Um, so I am conscious of time. I do have some family stuff, but uh, I'm going to go around really quick and just get any final thoughts from everybody. Um, so I'm going to jump to Dennis and I'm just going to say, do you have any, any final thoughts about anything discussed today? Um, and also in wrapping up your final thoughts, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, there was a couple things that, and I, I won't talk long for the sake of time. Also, I can't speak nearly as eloquently and, and long and girthy as, as Max can. But uh, there's a couple things that he said that I, that I really liked. Um, one of them that I think about a lot and, and, and try to continue to think about is the 10 minutes or on average 10 minutes every time we get a new block. And that it's like a heartbeat for Bitcoin. But it's interesting because there's so many people that are all a part of the network now. And every 10 minutes, we all have to agree on a set of rules. And I think that in a world where it feels like none of us can agree anymore, I think that will have pretty big implications uh, in helping us move towards a more, you know, what you, whatever you want to call a world peace, you want to call it globalism, um, a united, a united planet. Uh, I think that that is one big, one big part of Bitcoin that I like to think a lot about and think deeply about that we all have to agree and we're all forced to essentially agree. So that was one part that I thought I, I really like. I took the part that you said about as well. And, and I'm just continuing to add it to the, the way I think about and perceive Bitcoin. Another part that was more of a fun thing was talking about the aliens, obviously, because, you know, we're always wondering where, you know, where did Bitcoin come from? We don't really know. We could have been uh, a single person, could have been a group of people, could have been a, you know, an alien, a time traveler. But one of the fun ones is the aliens. And I do, I, I, I used to think that maybe it was sent here by aliens as a way for them to be able to tra transact with us. And, but I think that um, something that I didn't think about was that what Max was saying, where maybe it was sent here as a way to incentivize other civilizations that are, you know, have never shown themselves to us before to come here, almost similar to like the idea that people have had where, Hey, why don't we send, you know, a hundred Bitcoin to some planet far away? Because in a hundred years, that Bitcoin will be worth so much that it will be, in, will be incentivized to actually travel to that distant planet. And maybe that's kind of something similar to what's happening. You know, obviously this is all just fun um, theoretical stuff. Max seems to definitely have some great points around the aliens, but I, I think it's interesting to think that maybe they are coming here to mine the Bitcoin. Maybe they've already had Bitcoin on their planets and maybe they, they shot Bitcoin across uh, space and time to where we are to incentivize themselves to come here and mine Bitcoin in its early stages, just because they know it, just how dramatically uh, valuable it will be in the future. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it as far as some of the things that uh, my mind has been absolutely expanded listening to Max and Stacy once again, total legends um, when it comes to thinking about Bitcoin and its impacts on society. But um, yeah, if you want to, are we doing the closing out or the following up or are we doing that or another wrap around? Should I close yeah, up to no, people well, to find me? Yeah, 
uh, yeah, any any uh, wrap up and where people can find you would be awesome. Too. Yeah, I, I tweet a lot. I'm on I'm on Twitter all the time, so you can find me at the machine built. The machine built. Thinking about changing that just to my name though to make it freaking easier. Um, and then also I do podcasting, new podcaster, but I've had on some great guests. Um, my podcast is called smart people shit and you can find it on all the platforms except for YouTube, which I'll be coming to here very soon. I'm going to start doing video as well. Um, I, I love the interaction that can occur on video. It's, you get a little bit better. I feel like, um, body language interaction. I come from the clubhouse world, so I'm so used to the audio only, but now um, I'm, I'm pumped to be moving on to that video aspect of, of podcasting so you can have a better connection with the guests that you speak with. But yeah, thanks again, Ben, for having me on. This is an incredible show. I, I really appreciate you putting these on. I think it really gives people um, the ability to see how some of the thinkers in the space interact and, and talk around Bitcoin when it's more of just like an open dialogue. So I appreciate you inviting me on again. Yeah, no worries, man. And thank you for being here. Let's, uh, let's jump to Dread. Dude, uh, final thoughts about anything said today and where can people find you? Yeah, um, man, that was a deep conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cosmic. And, but you know, the, the thing that, that I want to end with is the fact that um, even though we talk about, you know, the, the collective consciousness and aliens, we, there are still millions of people, actually over 2 billion people right now across the world that don't have access to any kind of banking or financial inclusion with the rest of the world. And those people, you know, need not only Bitcoin, but they need to go through the process that we all went through. We all went down a rabbit hole. We all got orange pilled. And for some of us that have certain dispositions, it shook us to our core. And to get through that, you know, that to get through that, that change, almost that transformation, uh, the community helps, you know, the, the, the point Dennis made about why he's bullish about the community is so important because like me, if it wasn't for this, this toxic group of dirt bags that happens every Friday, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten through my transformation to understand that everything that I knew and that I grew up around was wrong. Not only was it wrong, it was, it was tyrannical and in some cases illegal. And I was just going along with it cause I didn't, illegal is a, a argumentative word. It was immoral. And I was just going along with it because I didn't know any better until, you know, I was learning the truth through, you know, medium articles and podcasts and eventually um, things like Clubhouse. But that process was rough. And without a community to to bounce ideas off of and to to lean on, a lot of people might break down. There's a lot of people in impoverished nations that don't have the same support first world countries have. And I really feel like Bitcoin will of course, Bitcoin looks at these things and Bitcoin knows it needs to pop these communities up in different areas. So, you know, I want to make sure that we are supporting these communities wherever they pop up and making sure that they can keep growing strong. So as people get red pilled across the world, those sorry, orange pilled across the world, those people have the communities that they can grow with and become strong Bitcoiners like the ones on this panel. But yeah, that's about it for me. Um, you can reach me at Pole Vault Dream on Twitter. Um, and that's about it. I mean, I'll, you know, just, yeah, just man. a pleb. <laughs> awesome. I love it. And check out plebnet. Go over to kycjelly.com uh, for some girth. For that girth. <laughs> uh, Stacy, final thoughts? Uh, well, I'll pick up on that point that Dredd was just making. And, you know, it's important to remember that the thing about Bitcoin is all you need is one Satoshi fuck you money. And that's remarkable. That does not exist in the fiat world. 
You just need one freaking Satoshi and that's not even a penny. And you know, you're at the table with the likes of Michael Saylor or Elon Musk and you're an equal. It doesn't matter. Nobody knows, you know, nobody of course, because we all only have one Satoshi, right? We there's boating accidents and shit like that. So everybody's equal at the table. Your vo your voice and the consensus algorithm it matters the same as anybody who has tens of thousands or in the case of MicroStrategy now, 100,000 Bitcoin. So I think that's a remarkable thing. And I agree, uh, you know, that it makes sense to, to give this one Satoshi, to spread that Satoshi, one Satoshi to Africa, to Latin America, because they're, they're ready for it. And it's about time. And on top of that, I do want to say, get ready for the, you know, um, Bitcoin often puts on amazing, you know, fireworks, great shows for everybody to watch. And this next week when the difficulty adjustment happens, I think it's a historic moment and it's really cool to be here at this time. I'm looking forward to June 30th or July 1st, whenever it happens. Not since the halving. Has there been this much excitement? <laughs> <laughs> and Max, how about you? Any final yeah. thoughts today? Well, this idea of sending Bitcoin out to out into outer space to attract aliens, that makes sense because I was thinking on the Apollo 11, there's a little plate that they left on the moon that shows a naked man and a naked woman. And, and like whoever aliens would show up, they get, they'd say, well, why would I go there? They can't even afford clothes. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that place. It looks impoverished. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> but uh, remember also in terms of the aliens that back in the 90s, we, we did the thing called SETI at home where we all combined our computers to try to sort yeah. through radio frequencies in outer space looking for intelligent life. And who's to say something didn't slip in? Mm -hmm. I did that. I did. I definitely downloaded that, that program and yeah. I had it running. I was, I was looking for aliens. Right. So, uh, but so we said we never caught, we never found them, but we, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it didn't slip in. They didn't find, mm -hmm. they found us. They found us. Maybe that was Satoshi. Right. And then the cypherpunks started to get huge. At the and same then, time. Yeah. Right. And then the white paper, then the protocol drops. Okay. They came in through SETI at home, Ben. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how they got here. I'm telling I, you. I want, I want this to be a movie. Uh, it would beat everything in the box office. I would, I would buy all, all the tickets. <laughs> Max, the profit makes another prediction. I'm yeah. looking forward to this one coming true. True. Uh, I, I, uh, I, feel, I feel it. I'm feeling it now. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and uh, Max, can you tell everybody where to find the pod, where to find you guys? Yeah. Yeah. If you ever need me, just throw up the Max sign in the sky with a giant spotlight. And I arrive at your home. I do a podcast in your living room. I've, I've right. had them. Yeah. Go to youtube.com forward slash orange pill, subscribe and hit the notifications. I, I, I never really understood how important that is. And of course do it to hear BTC sessions, but youtube.com forward slash orange pill or join our telegram group. If you, if you want some more of this sort of conversation with all sorts of people all over the world. And that is t.me forward slash orange pill. And where's your party? Tell us about your party. Oh yeah. Where? Ben, let's pluck July is in Austin, Texas. It's the fucking on party. We're gonna have a great party. There's still tickets available. Take it from me, Plucky. I'll be there. I'll be dancing. I'm doing my pole dancing. Look at these legs. 
They're better than Max. Look at that. I wish I wish I could be in Austin, but if you're in the Austin area or if you can make it down, uh, go to the fuck Elon party. I heard it's yeah. going to be a blast. Uh, and 8th, I, yeah. I hope there'll be more uh, of, of fuck various people parties hosted by you guys. Yeah, we got I got an offer to do one in Paris already. Yeah, the French were all over it. They're like, fuck Elon. Hell yeah, that's great. And they were like splashing a lot of money around. It's like, fly to, we'll fly to Paris first class, do an event here as soon as possible. We desperately need to fuck Elon. So <laughs> that's an important thing to consider comparing the French versus Americans. We both had revolutions, but the Americans are so relatively polite and love their elite still. They never, uh, you know, took out the guillotine. The French, however, they're, they look at fuck Elon and like, oh, Max is so polite to this guy. He's the <laughs> what? what? Like he's just swearing at him? This is so polite. Let's have it here. Hey, no guillotine? What? That would be a nice party. thousand noblemen decapitated. That's the way we do it in France. <laughs> in the I love it. Would be, uh, no head. head headless. He, he's, he's not right for the people. Right? Marty's so owl like, is asking uh, when the fuck Greg party. We'll have to put something together. <laughs> so. I saw that. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Fuck Greg. Fuck yeah, Greg is coming Greg. to, uh, yeah, wh where should we have that party? I think that's just everywhere all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you should have an online party. Of Somewhere Greg. on the West Coast, man. You guys kill me with these uh, these Central and and East Coast parties, man. Come on, some someone please come to the to the to the blue states over here on the West Coast. Yeah. We are. We'll be within distance. On going to L.A. L.A. Oh, and okay. Seattle. Oh and yeah, we're... Seattle. Hit it up. Let's go. Yeah, Seattle. They they there's a theater there. What's the name of that theater? The Green Dragon or something? Snap. Yeah. Not sure. Hmm. Some aliens run it. Maybe I'll make it down to Seattle. That's not too far from me. Um, Okay, guys, thank you so much. This was awesome. Uh, this got way more deep, way more cosmic than <laughs> anticipated. And I loved every second of it. And it seems like everybody in the chat did too. Um, everybody watching, thank you very much. Follow all these guys. Uh, Twitter links are in the show notes down below. Guys, I'm going to cut your audio and video as I do my little outro. But uh, I, I thank you very much for being here. Uh, I will... Yeah, I will see you guys again well, soon. You're welcome back you, anytime. Appreciate it. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Uh, everybody watching, holy crap, what a conversation. Uh, and and everybody, everybody uh was was uh given some awesome comments there. I hope you enjoyed this. This was uh, a hell of a time. Um, if you're new here, of course, smash that like button, give this a share and subscribe, hit those notifications, all the important stuff. Uh, you can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors in the links to the show notes down below. If you want to help with the show in another way, or if you really loved what you saw, you can always drop me a Bitcoin lightning network tip at my strike page. That is strike.me slash btc sessions and you can just go and type in whatever you like and uh send a lightning network tip there uh, i did do a total uh, new tutorial on strike if you're looking to get in lightning all that stuff that's on my page as well uh but guys thank you very much i bid you adieu as always have a wonderful day or evening wherever you may be and i will see you guys next time for your daily session Bitcoin.